Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. There is a podcast that lies between the imagination of two simple-minded earthlings. Travel with these two longtime friends, Jimbo and 80s E, as they attempt to explore the fifth dimension. Follow along with them as they take the key and unlock the door to the vast space between shadow and substance. This podcast is one of trivia, of insight, and of sounds and ideas from one of the greatest television shows ever produced. You are embarking on a timeless journey. There is your signpost up ahead. You are entering the tragedy of cinema's Twilight Zone. he's ever done the only work he knows his name is henry francis valentine but he calls himself rocky because that's the way his life has been rocky and perilous and uphill at a dead run all the way he's tired now tired of running or wanting of waiting for the breaks that come to others but never to him never to rocky valentine All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema, the Twilight Zone series. I'm your host, Jimbo, and joined once again by my good friend and co-host, ADZ. 80s. ADZ is here. How's it going? I'm in my uh, new, newly secured sound booth. We won't disclose the location. <laughs> We've been laughing about it all day. But uh, and No, well, it's not the bathroom. Okay. No, no not the bathroom. I'm not sitting on the right, can so, right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is episode 28, A Nice Place to Visit. So Eric, let's just go ahead and just take it away. All right, let's dive right in. As Jimbo just said, A Nice Place to Visit. This is the Twilight Zone ep- episode number 28 of season one. It was directed by John Brom, and it was written by Charles Beaumont. And the original air date for this particular episode was April the 15th. 1960 and the total production cost for this episode was 48,737 and 26 cents and again this you know $50,000 is kind of in our benchmark for the last several episodes so this one came in um, under that uh, $50,000 range and if we adjust that for inflation for today's dollars that is $433,060.19 Jimbo you want to take the cast away? Sure. Now, this is a very interesting cast. Um, I only did the two main uh, characters in this. There was a lot of extra actors and actresses that portrayed dancing women, women at the casino, uh, the casino actual workers, um, the policemen, and a lot of other stuff that I you don't really get a lot of them 
So I just figured we'd just focus on the two primary actors. Uh, the first one would be Mr. Larry Blyden. He played Mr. Henry Francis, otherwise known as Rocky Valentine, uh, the star of the show. He's a, basically a cat burglar, petty thief, uh, but he's had a life of crime, um, and you can tell. And then uh, probably the guy that stole the show for me, Mr. Sebastian Cabot as Mr. Pip. Great actor, uh, great uh, performance, great stage performance. Um, some of the most famous stuff that he's been in, um, you might recognize his voice uh, from The Jungle Book from 1967 where he played Baghera the Panther. He was also in Sword and the Zone uh, from Disney where he played Sir Ector. And he was also the narrator in the opening in 19, I think it's 63 or 68. He was also in the great sci-fi classic movie, The Time Machine, where he played Dr. Philip Hillier. And that was in 1960. Um, He was also the narrator in a lot of the Winnie the Pooh's uh, classic episodes. So this guy worked around Disney a lot, uh, Disney cartoons, uh, just because his voice, once you hear his voice, it's captivating. And he was also very famous for the uh, TV show Family Affair, uh, which starred Mr. Giles French, and it ran from 1966 to 1971. Okay. Uh, Let me throw in the technical specs here. I forgot to throw those on at the end. Uh, That was a new uh, segment that I've been throwing in. And the runtime for this particular episode was 25 minutes. And the sound mix was mono, uh, West Trex recording systems. Color was black and white, of course. And the aspect ratio was 1.33 over 1 or by 1. The negative format is 35 millimeters. The cinemagraphic process was spherical. And the printed film format was 35 millimeters. So another... Uh, I prefer the 35 millimeter episodes as opposed to the videotape. I know I've stated that many times. Um, but we haven't really seen a videotaped episode yet. Not I think yet. that comes in season two. Exactly. Not yet. Um, uh, let me go ahead with the plot here. Um, this is probably an extended version of the plot, but uh, let me go ahead and read some of that. After robbing a pawn shop, Henry Francis Rocky Valentine is shot in a gunfight by a police officer as he tries to flee. He wakes up to find himself seemingly unharmed by the encounter as a genial elderly man named Pip greets him. Pip explains that he has been instructed to guide Rocky and to give him whatever he desires. Rocky becomes suspicious, thinking that Pip is trying to swindle him, but Pip proves to have detailed information on Rocky's tastes and hobbies. Rocky demands that Pip hand over his wallet, and Pip says that he doesn't carry one, but Rocky... Uh, excuse me, but gives Rocky $700 directly from his pocket and says that he can provide as much money as Rocky wants. Thinking that Pip is trying to entice him to commit a crime, Rocky holds him at gunpoint as the two travel to a luxurious apartment. Pip explains that... Uh, that the apartment and everything in it are free. And Rocky starts to relax and changes into an expensive suit. However, his suspicions rise again when a meal is brought in and he demands that Pip taste it first to prove that it is not poisoned. When, When Pip demurs, claiming that he has not eaten for centuries, Rocky shoots him several times but finds that his bullets have no effects. Rocky realizes that he is dead and he concludes that he is in heaven. And Pip is his guardian angel. As Pip says he can have anything he wants, Rocky asks for a million dollars and a beautiful woman and quickly has both requests fulfilled. 
Rocky visits a casino with three ladies, winning every bet he makes as a beautiful as beautiful girls gather around him, and enjoys being able to torment a policeman after uh, Pip shrinks him. Later, Rocky asks Pip if he can see some of his old friends who have also died, but Pip says that this world is for Rocky alone. Except for the two men, no one is in the deal. When Rocky wonders what good deeds he could have done to gain entrance to heaven, Pip takes him to a visit to the Hall of Records. And Rocky looks uh, through his own file and discovers that it only contains a list of his sins, but decides not to worry about it. Pip departs, saying that he can be reached by telephone as needed. One month later, Rocky has become bored with having his whims instantly satisfied. He wins every game at the casino, and the ladies defer to him and comply with his every suggestion. He calls Pip and asks for a challenge in which he might run the risk of losing. Pip offers to arrange for him to lose once in the casino while... Uh, Rocky dismisses the idea that he would know about uh, any setup. The two discuss a bank robbery, but Rocky quickly abandons that idea as well as a pre-planned outcome uh, would take the thrill out of the crime. Deciding that he will go crazy if he stays in heaven any longer, he asks Pip's, Pip excuse me, to take him to the other place. Pip reports, heaven? Whatever gave you the idea that you were in heaven, Mr. Valentine? And then the episode closes. And again, that's, that was an extended plot i mean that covers quite a bit of the episode but um i think that was the cliff notes version yeah i mean that, that that's pretty detailed i didn't realize the plot was that long when i uh when i wrote it down there but uh you get that <laughs> you get the idea of basically everything that happens in the episode and uh now we'll just go back through and maybe uh by scenes kind of highlight um you know scenes in the episode that we that stuck out to us little facts little uh things that uh trivial things as we go through so Jimbo, did you have anything just in general that you wanted to get out in the very beginning here? Well, no, but um, like we were talking earlier, this it starts off with uh, uh, going through. Uh, you see a pawn shop on the street, and it's the camera comes in and basically goes through the window of the uh, pawn shop, and you see a guy robbing a safe. I guess it would be uh, or, or a cabinet, whatever. And you see this uh, security guard laying on the ground, a police officer, whatever you want to call them, uh, owner maybe. Uh, and I showed Eric, and I said, you need to see this. Um, I was trying to decide if he killed the uh, that person or if he had just knocked him unconscious to rob him. Uh, because you can clearly see the guy shaking, uh, almost like convulsing for a split second. And then you go to a close-up of Rocky, and then you go back, and you see the guy's arm moving. So uh, it's implied, I think, that he's killed. Right. But... Um, you could go the other way too with that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not really clear, and he's only the the older gentleman who looks like a security guard is only on the screen for maybe a flash, and you have to look like you said really closely. And I'm looking at it right now, and um, yeah, and then so that would be our first scene, and then we move we move from inside of the it looks like a pawn shop slash a loan slash pawn shop place. And then they, and then uh, Rocky hears the sirens, and he exits to the sidewalk, jumping over the counter. Which were you saying earlier when we talked that the counter might have? I don't remember the episode, but this glass counter, the glass case is used in an it episode. It kind of reminds me. It, it's in season two, I do believe. Yeah. Um, I think it's called the Man in the Bottle. Right. It kind of looks familiar, but I can't say for certain it is. But maybe we'll have more clarity on that by the time yeah. we reach the season two episode. So. Rocky 
flees to the alleyway and begins to climb a wooden fence and um he basically has a gun and he has a shootout with the police and he's killed on the fence and this is his first encounter with pip and pip enters the scene after a few moments you know uh, well there's a fade out and then we come back in and uh, Pip is calling Mr. Valentine, and that's when he explained, just like I read in the plot, um, that he's basically here uh, in the capacity of meeting Rocky's needs. You know, he's there to... Rocky kind of thinks he's a, a guardian angel of sorts. He, he Which I, I talked about this, too. We talked about this off-air. Rocky's committed all of these heinous crimes. You can tell he was like a juvenile delinquent as the story unfolds, right? He, he's been playing, well, Pip even mentions, I wrote it down here, he mentions the game Mumblety Peg, which I had no idea what that was. He said, Rocky used to like playing Mumblety Peg back when you were young. So I looked it up, and apparently it's played between two people with the aid of a pocket knife, and the most basic version of it is a contestant uh, throws a knife uh, end over end, and he throws it as deeply into the ground as he can, and he tries to get it as close to his foot as he can, and the other guy throws the knife, and it's, this goes back and forth, and then whoever's knife lands in the ground closest to their foot wins, and so that's what Mumblety Pig is basically the basic version <laughs> of that game. I had no. Stay reference. tuned for our Facebook Live of where me and Eric will be playing Mumblety games. <laughs> yeah, so I had no idea <laughs> what that was. I had to go back, and that's an an old reference to an old game. Um, so anyway, as I was saying, it's obvious that Rocky has had a checkered past and he's basically been a criminal his whole life. And we talked about this earlier that how in the world could he think that he would end up in heaven? You know, he, he thinks he's going to get all this money and extra, I guess you could call it blessings and fortunes and all this stuff after the life that he's led. And he's even suspicious of any kind of kindness that, you know, Pip even extends to him in the beginning. He always thinks there's an angle. He always thinks that there's some something under underlying. But anyway, well, I thought it, I thought it was always interesting that he's like, um, well, where are my friends? You know, he's like, you know, he's like, maybe there was a mistake. You know, maybe uh, where's the, you know school teachers or or doctors or whatever he says, and you're thinking. Well, yeah, this where is everybody basically? Right. You know right. I mean? right. Yeah, and, and I'm going to put a clip in here and this is Rocky uh kind of explaining his uh his life and how he's gotten the raw deal and the short end of the stick. What are you after anyway? Only one thing, Mr. Valentine, your comfort. My job is to see to it that you get what you want, whatever it may be. Yeah. In exchange for what? Nothing at all, Mr. Valentine. It's absolutely free. Don't put me on, fatso. Nothing's free. Nothing. Anything I ever got in this lousy world, I had to drag out of it. So don't put me on. Okay. So there we get uh, Rocky's viewpoint, his uh, worldview, I guess. And now we move on to the the next scene. Uh, Jimbo is... Does this look like a... Is it a hotel suite in the in the casino? It doesn't really say, or is this like just a fancy it, apartment? I don't know. I don't know. I, I would kind of say it's like his own personal mansion. I guess. Okay. Um, it's the way I would come across it. Yeah. So we're inside this very luxurious room. Of course, Rocky is super skeptical. He thinks that Pip wants him to to basically 
pull off a, a crime or some caper, and that's why he's being so nice to him. And it's important to note that Pip knows, he knows, he's got a little notebook, you know, that was in the first scene. He's got a little notebook, just, it, it has basically Rocky's whole life story, I would imagine, like his likes, his dislikes, everything about him, what, you know, specifically like what games he liked to play. And so he has this notebook and of course he knows clothing wise what Rocky likes. And he explains that, you know, I've hung up several suits here in this closet. Everything's at your disposal, you know, pick out something you like. And so Rocky gets cleaned up. He got a nice new suit on and he goes and uh, Pip prepares him a uh, looks like a steak dinner with all the trimmings and corn on the cob and all this stuff. And Rocky gets suspicious again. He goes to sit down to eat it. And then he tells Pip, no, you eat it first. I'm not going to eat this. This is, you know, this is too nice of a meal. And there's got to be a catch in this somewhere. He's always trying to find the angle or the catch. And then uh, what does uh, what does Pip do? He says, oh, he hasn't eaten in like five centuries. Two thousand so. centuries. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. And then Rocky gets angry because he thinks he's just lying to him. He thinks Pip is lying, and he shoots him with, pulls out his gun and shoots Pip, and the bullets, you know, pass right through him. And uh, he's dumbfounded at this point, and he sinks back into a chair. And then, right at his disposal, right on the right hand coffee table, is like uh, his favorite whiskey, I guess, or something. Um. And so this is where it leads up to the scene um, where he asks for a million dollars. And uh, Jimbo, did you, uh, this million dollars, did you have some trivia on the denominations, like the money or something? Uh, right. But, um, but before this, isn't this where he wouldn't eat and that's where he pulls the gun out on him? Yeah, that's what I just described. Uh, yeah. He pulls um, the gun out and shoots stuff- him. Go ahead. Right. There was some stuff about that, too, like um, some of the timing with the uh, actual gun going off and the lamp uh, fading to color is actually, you know, burnt out, technically shot out before the gun uh, timing was off there. Okay. Um, You can also see some strings uh, around certain stuff in that uh, mansion room. So there's a little bit of stuff there as well. Um, also, you know, the million dollars that, uh, he has requested, he wants in 5G notes, which is a $5,000 bill. <laughs> right. Uh, well, $5,000 bills were last printed in 1945, but they were still in circulation in 1960. So a million dollars in 5G notes would be 200 individual bills. So it would easily fit into that desk drawer like he wanted. Right. And also, I believe that the lady that he wished for, I mm-hmm. think, wasn't she the one that was in the painting behind him? I can't really tell it. it that he it, wanted a lady like that. He wanted I don't a lady know if it's like the exact her. Same lady. Yeah, and I know that we discussed this a little too off air. That CBS was really careful with, you know. Uh, oh yeah. The, the I think they even wanted control over the, the costumes that the ladies wore in this episode, that they not be too well, revealing and that the, the language not be too su- suggestive, as you talk, we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Right. Well, they 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 singled this episode out for its brazen sexual innuendos. Uh, program practices requested that Larry Blyden not refer to his girl, uh, to the girls as a broad or really stacked, even though the crudity was essential to establishing the unsavory qualities of Blyden's characters. Nor could the protagonist refer to a party as a ball, since that word only had one meaning back then. 
Okay. And another nice play sequence of Voloptus young lady who's played by Barbie English tends to Blyden's every need then says, is there anything else that I could do for you? CBS's comment, please be certain that the girl's third speech be delivered in a sweet manner as described. So uh, he was really pushing, uh, Rod Sterling was really pushing the envelopes with this episode about what he could and couldn't get away with on uh, TV. Right, right. Um, so we moved down into the casino. Um, and of course, Rocky wins. I think he starts out at the, the craps table. And, you mm-hmm. know, he's winning every role. You know, he's winning every time. He's winning all this money he's got. Now, instead of the one lady that was in his apartment, now he has gained three other ladies at the crap table. And so he's got women hanging around, and he's winning money. And, you know, uh, things are going great for Rocky. You know, this is the the best thing that could have ever happened to him. Uh, he's enjoying life. Um, and then there was a, a little catch in the uh, craps table scene Jimbo about a particular lady and her earring that you caught. You want to go ahead <laughs> so, and divulge that? So, right. So I went back and watched this earlier, um, and then I had to share with Eric. Obviously, um, if you watch Rocky, once he hits uh, his winnings, um, two things. Once the uh, the guy says that he won, he's like, "I won forty thousand dollars," and he rakes the table. He he cleans the chips off. You don't. If you're a gambler, you don't rake the winner's chips. You let it sit there till it's paid out. That's yeah. one mistake. Um, so then you, usually you just sit there and they, they pay them out and then they do it, they take theirs or whatever. So that's the first one. The second one was, if you look closely, the, the lady in the middle, the, the dark haired lady, um, there, if you watch closely, when she gets really excited out, he goes through and he wins, he kisses all the girls and then, uh, he wins again or something and he gets really excited and, uh, she loses an earring. Her right earring falls out. And if you watch, you can see her bend down and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as the scene continues, as he goes on to the slot machine, she still doesn't have the earring in, which I thought, why would they leave this out? You know what I mean? But then eventually, once they leave the casino, it's back on. But mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. I don't know if it maybe was their final take and they had to get this shot and it was just so perfect. Everything else was perfect in there that this did fall off um, and they wanted to use it. It was too expensive to reshoot that whole thing just for a little minute detail like that. But right. also I believe that this is has one of the uh, best lines of this entire episode and also a foreshadowing of the whole episode mm-hmm. is where Rocky wins again. And he's like uh, – he tells Pip, he said, hey, is Rocky hot or is Rocky hot? And then Pip gives him that slide. He's like, oh, Rocky's hot. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it was kind of a play on words about where Rocky really is because he's not in heaven. And I thought that was really well done by Rod Sterling right there. Yeah, that was. Um, so that was really, really well done. So they come to you. You let us up, Jimbo, to the, where they come out of the casino. And he. Well, rah, first, rah. before they do that. Sure. B- before they do that, when that. When he goes over to the um, slot machine, this slot machine is famous because we have ah, already yes. seen it before. Yes. It was in the Fever episode that we covered a few episodes back uh, where the guy gets the gambling addiction. It's the same one there, and it's also used in several other Twilight Zone. It's like the famous mm-hmm. slot machine that never goes away because it's it almost all the episodes that have a slot machine. Yeah. So I wanted to point that out before you jumped on leaving the casino. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they definitely got their money's worth out of that prop once again. Uh, they were very resourceful. <laughs> As they did Forbidden Planets props. Yeah, re- yeah, very resourceful in this uh, this Twilight Zone um, series. Um, so we come to the 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 front of the 
casino. Did you have information? I couldn't remember. I apologize. Do you have information about the use of the casino that the branding on the side of the bag that maybe I read that and Rod wanted, I think he wanted maybe some, he wanted a particular name of the casino on the bag. Uh, maybe for promotional purposes, I can't remember, and it slips my mind. And it, you're giving me a look like you don't you don't have that written down. Okay, no, I don't know what you're talking I'll, about. I'll that pass, wasn't in my I'll research. That's obviously that. your research. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm sorry, but I mean, it would be a great way to advertise for somebody if they wanted to pay product rights, that product placement in there. Right. I don't know how popular that was back then, but right. I mean, if it was a way to get some money for the episode, then why not? Yeah, I read something to where he was he was upset that they just had to put the casino on the bag, and I'll have to go back and. <laughs> Research that. I apologize. I thought that was in our collab. Well, if they could have, they could have put the casino. If they could have put the casino that was in the fever, but I don't right. remember the name of that casino at the moment either. That would have yeah. been cool, just out of the continuity. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, um, Rocky jumps in the air and clicks his heels, and he confronts a police officer. Rocky has a uh, a bout with little man syndrome. He feels like the police officer is eyeballing them or whatever, whatever, and they have a little exchange. And then Pip does a little, I guess, magic or something and makes uh, the police officer really small, uh, really short. And then they all get a good laugh at the police officer's expense. And then they jump in this convertible um, and then they go back to the apartment and Rocky's just more excited than he can ever be, you know, and life is good. And, you know, this goes on. Uh, I think he's in the apartment scene for... Oh, wait, I don't want to pass over this. After they're in the apartment, you know, he's enjoying uh, some time with the dolls, if you will. You know, they're having a good time and <laughs> celebrating the winnings. Um, so he and Pip have a, an exchange of words, and it's decided that they are going to go to the Hall of Records because this all doesn't make any sense to Rocky because... You know, how can he be living this life when in his real life uh, he was not an honorable man, to put it mildly? But is this also where he asks, is this also where he asks about his other friends? Like, hey, can I, can I, you know, see some of my other friends if they're here or whatever? And he's like, no, this is designed especially for you. Yeah, I'm not sure if the, if it's at this point or not. Um I, my my memory fails me because they're they're getting ready to go to the Hall of Records. Yeah, so I, I didn't remember. Did you, you have know s- if that was here? If it was after that? Yeah, I can't remember. I don't know if that's more towards the end or if it's right here. I, my memory slips me. But did you have something that you wanted to talk about the Hall of Records, the staircase scene? Well, did well, you have it, some trivia. To to me, it looked like the same staircase and outer uh, structure. As the steps from uh, Time Enough at Last, uh, the great episode from season one uh, with Burgess Meredith where he smashes the glasses at the library. It looks like the same set as the steps from the library used from that episode as it is here. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot confirm or deny that. I'm just thinking visually and when I'm thinking back, it looks like it. But once again, I cannot confirm or deny that at this point until I do more research on it. Right. So it's determined that... Uh you know, Rocky's even more confused because, you know, he Pip pulls out his file and his file is is not a list of good deeds, you know. It's everything that Rocky's ever done, you know, basically wrong in his life. And uh that scene ends uh rather well kind of abruptly, you know, Pip sort of vanishes in behind the uh the, the cabinets, the filing cabinets, and then we come back to the casino and 
Rocky's got like what looks like a new suit of clothes and he's got like a tux on and he's doing all the same things again and he's winning every time at every game and he's just become so bored with this the whole nothing's a challenge and he'll he'll comment on that in later in the episode you know that everything is just it's too good almost for him well, as I like what I like about that scene is after he wins at the craps, you know, he's like mail them to me, you know, the chips, and then he right. goes over to the slot machine. He just doesn't even look; he just puts the coin in, pushes it, and the money just dumps out all over the floor. All the yeah. girls are excited still again, and he's just he's just over it. You can tell. So, yeah, exactly. And so we're back in the apartment, and there's a a phone on an old style rotary phone sitting on the table, and Rocky, you know, throws his he's eating an apple and he throws it down and. And then he goes over to this phone that I mentioned earlier, and it says PIP on it, which stands for PIP. That's the only person he has communication with. They're alluding to the fact that that's the only person he can really get in touch with. And uh, so he picks up the phone, he calls PIP, and he explains that everything... uh, He says, I don't know how to explain this, but it ain't the same thing. uh, Knocking off a bank, doing all these capers. My whole life, there was always the risk of getting caught... You know, oh, let me back up a little bit. Like, it was funny. It was a cool shot where, do you remember, Jimbo, where he's shooting pool and he... Right, and I was going to say, you skipped over the part where um, he goes back, they're back at the the, uh, the hotel room, mm-hmm. mansion, whatever you want to call it, and all the ladies are laying in bed with him and they're playing uh, cards. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, yeah, she's like, I got a straight flush. She's like, I got a royal flush. And this is where the lady asks, is there anything else I can do? He's like, yeah, you can get out. I'm sick of you and I'm sick of you and I'm right. sick of you. You all can just leave. So he kicks them all out of the uh, the house. Then he's sitting there and he's thinking, and he looks over. There's a pool table. He's like, ah. So he goes over to the pool table. You know, he racks them and he shoots, and it, every single one goes in the holes. But the uh, it's obviously stop animation. You could tell some of the balls uh, can be seen disappearing near the holes rather than going into them. So right, right. I thought that was pretty funny too. So yeah. Then he calls Pip. Yeah. Then he. Call, I apologize. I got got a little ahead of myself there. Then he he calls Pip, and that gets us up to where we're at now. And he's asking for a challenge. He wants a risk. There's no risk now in life. And Pip, uh, again, he offers to arrange for him to lose once in a while at the casino to try to appease him a little bit, you know. But Rocky's like, you know, that's not going to work. And then, uh, you know, they discuss the the bank robbery. But, you know, Rocky doesn't want to do a bank robbery because the the outcome is already pre-planned. Like, he knows he's going to get away with the heist. So, and... You know, he decides that he's going to go crazy. Like, I, I can't live in heaven, so to speak, any longer. And he asks um, Pip to take him to the other place. And this is the famous laugh at the end and the line, whatever gave you the idea you were in heaven, Mr. Valentine. And that's just awesome. And his this bell- his is belly the la- other place. Is yeah, this, he tells you. <laughs> yeah, this is the other place. You think you're in heaven. You're in, you're in hell. Like, you're not you're living your own personal hell like every day. Um, right, so that, and that awesome. laugh that he gives, man, is just amazing. Yeah, uh, that Pip gives right there. Um, it's kind of an evil "I got you, guy got you" kind of laugh. Um, I thought it was really well done. I love this guy's acting in this. I thought it was great. Um, yeah. A couple other things, real quick. Um, the uh, when he kicks all the girls out and he slams the door, you can see the wall and the door frame moving. <laughs> so he's like a little mm-hmm. little props uh, moving around. Uh, Rocky is always wearing his uh, pork pie hat backwards, and the bow tie is always being worn to the left. Okay. Um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting, too. Uh, but the role of Rocky was intended for none other than Mickey Rooney. 
Yeah. Uh, Charles Beaumont suggested that the potential second choice would be Rod Serling himself. Can you imagine if Rod Serling did it? Uh, I think that would have been a great. But yeah, Rooney eventually cool. lands the role in The Twilight Zone, The Last Night of the Jockey in 1963. Um, the One of the, the striking similarities that me and you talked about a little bit is that uh, Rocky is very similar to Walter Bedecker. If you guys remember, we covered him in the episode The Escape Clause, where he's the hypochondriac who's reckless, impulsive, thinks only of immediate gratification, is so lacking in imagination that he cannot foresee any long-term consequences or ramifications. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's the exact same thing that's happening right here with Rocky. Um, also, uh, Rocky, at one point in this, calls Pip uh, Santa Claus, mm-hmm. which is interesting because he does kind of have that look to him, but also he would go on to play Santa in the TV movie remake of Miracle on 34th Street in 1973. Okay, So that's very interesting. But uh, the one thing about Sebastian Cabot, he was really reluctant because he had brunette hair. And he actually, his hair is not white in this. It's actually, his beard and hair are dyed blonde. Oh. It just looks black and white because of the black, black and white, white yeah. uh, film or whatever. I would have loved to have seen this in color. Um, but it, he, he was really reluctant to that because the, the peroxide that they used uh, would be that the color would remain out of his hair for about six months. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a commitment right there. If you're dyeing your hair or beard with peroxide for six months of just one little shoot for the Twilight Zone, um, especially with that career that that guy ended up having, he had a lot of stuff going on. Um, I thought it was really well done. So, Eric, what do you think of this episode? Well, I found the... Uh the, the bag casino uh, information, I did write it down. It's oh, right here yeah, at the end sure. of my notes, and I'm going to throw it in right here. One of Serling's disappointments was the use of the casino featured on Rocky's bag. Serling, having been to Vegas, felt sure that he could secure the name of a real casino to help dismiss any ideas the viewers might have regarding Rocky being in hell instead of the real world. In a letter to Buck Houghton, Serling felt certain that a few inquiries emphasizing benefits the casinos would have would get us permission from the front but the name the casino remained as a gen- as generic as it may be so i guess it was more for the viewers and not so much more for promotion or publicity or as a sponsorship it, it just still trying to fool the fool the viewers of, yeah you know, it's a real casino right but then again, if you're a promotioner, would you really want your casino to be tied to something that, hey, you're in hell if you come play at our casino? <laughs> right. I don't think, you know, I mean, I, I don't think I want my name associated with that either. You know yeah, I mean? that might be a hard sell there, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so what do you think of this this episode? Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I thought, you know, Rocky Valentine, the whole gangster, hey, hey, hey guy, uh, the, he was kind of cartoonish sometimes in his portrayal as a, a tough guy gangster um i i thought it was okay i thought pip uh, sebastian he played a he played a really good role and it's primarily those two of course with a few you know stand-in girls it's primarily the dialogue is between them two throughout the entire episode i thought it was good um imdb i always go to them they said it's an eight Again, this is another, this sounds like a droning repeat, but it's not a top 10 episode for me, but it's a good twist. I thought the twist was very good, even though you kind of, I kind of picked up on it pretty early and I'm sure you did too, Jimbo, that what was going on, but yeah, uh, I thought it was okay. Oh yeah. I think it's just a middle of the pack episode. Um, acting is really well done by 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 Sebastian Cabot. I mean really good. I think he, it might it's up there with the top performances of the season. But 
the other guy, he kind of reminded me of, of Rocky. He kind of reminded me of Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Always mm-hmm. the guy with this slick back hair. Right. That's uh, a good comparison. Always just a loose cannon. Always after the girls. Um, and that's that's I couldn't get that vision out of my head. Um, but uh, but he did a fantastic job in what he was trying to portray. Yeah. Um, it's just that it didn't hit well with me. Um, it was a, it was almost more comedic. Um, because you, you thought he was this big, bad gangster, you know what I mean? And it turned out he ended up being more of like a comedian. I, I don't know how to put it, uh, but you would think a big, bad gangster would be more different. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? It was almost uh, like he was a caricature of a gangster, you know what I mean? Like he, I right. don't know. But, but the, you can go back to the conclusion of maybe he really wasn't that big, bad in real life either. He just exactly. got away with his crimes. Exactly. So, um, I mean, that could be something to look at, but yeah. So I would just say middle to low end of the pack for me on this one. So we are coming up soon, and I don't know if it's the next one. We are coming up with probably one of my top Twilight Zones of season one. Um, what is the next one, Eric? Do you know? Uh, Do you give me, have it give up? me a moment, and I probably can pull it up here. Um, Nightmare as a Child is the next one. Oh, the one after. Okay, this is the one you're referring to. The one after. Stop at Willoughby is two episodes I away. cannot wait for that one because that is probably one of... That's definitely in my top five of season one. Yeah, uh, it's a good one. It's really good. Um, next week's is really good, too. Um, and I'm not going to say anything much more about it, but I enjoyed that one, too. So, well, with that being said, I think... You got any other further comments you would like to add or I dismiss? don't think so. I think I... Uh, got through all the uh notes that i had uh this one was a little bit shorter probably just because it was uh it was just a so-so i think jimbo described it pretty well it was just a kind of a middle of the pack there's really no uh a whole lot of uh trivia or extra stuff that we could find and we've got several well, resource materials too now well not only that but uh the cast of characters was less too so right. there wasn't really much interaction with a bunch of characters that we could pull a lot of information from there either so uh some of these will be longer some of these will be shorter um but yeah middle of the pack to the bottom that's perfectly placed where it needs to be i do believe so well i guess this episode's coming to the close and eric take it away and that's a wrap and and cut everything he's ever wanted and he's going to have to live with it for eternity in the twilight zone